This is the Debbie War Zone, the Debbie Football Podcast, and here is your starting lineup. Jerry Sinclair, Michigan State Spartan Dog. Shane P. Hallam, the Ohio State University. Kane Fussell, University of Minnesota. Sky Yuma, row the boat. Josh Dysinger, on Wisconsin, Wisconsin Badgers. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day to join the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, We went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, Just uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, Whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even Even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now join the patreon and join uh join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome back to the second edition of the devi war zone i am your host gerald matthew sinclair some of you out there may know me as the man of the hour and the man with the power others jerry randy has other nicknames that i am not at liberty to talk about on this podcast but we are back and oh my god we have watched football since the last time we talked now i am easily the worst person that is going to be talking throughout the entirety of this podcast so without further ado i am going to start introducing my better thirds. It's not better quarters because Josh is out there enjoying vacation because he is spoiled and lives that good life. Something that I wish I could do. But the next man that I'm going to bring up is none other than the person that is probably the reason you have James Robinson on your dynasty roster. Unless you were one of those people that just picked him up week one. Or you waited until the sleeper update just told you to do it and then you had to scramble. None other than Shane P. Hallam, the man who is a dynasty and Devi analyst for Fake Pigskin. He is an NFL draft analyst at DraftSite, and he is the co-host of the Devi Marketplace. Mr. Hallam, what is popping, my friend? Um, I'm happy to be back. I appreciate the, the James Robinson love. You know, it's here on the war zone where I really uh, threw that out there for the first time. So um, I'm, I'm happy to be back, happy to talk some Devi, and it's, it's going to be a fun night. Listen, me and Randy have been pimping that out. I really for everybody for the last week or two weeks or so because it's well deserved. Because I didn't know who the hell the man was. I don't think most people knew who the hell he was, except for freaks who do 100 round drafts like you guys. Speaking of you guys, the other man, the man who will eat spicy chips and then compare them to a Debbie analyst, the co host of the Debbie Diet, which we will see in the future. Don't you worry. And the host and the OG of the Debbie Marketplace and my personal friend, also fierce rival, Mr. Row the Boat himself, Kane Facel at Debbie underscore Kane. What is going on, brother? Hi. God, How are you? See, see, he always he hits you with he's like a, a sweet teddy bear. Sometimes he's a bully and he just pokes me in the side until I react. And other times he's so sweet like that. Yeah, you know, we're just we're just happy. We've we got a um, I wouldn't say a full week of college football. Right. But we got um, we'll call it like a three fifths week. Right. Because we got three out of the top power five conferences. But then we got news that not only are we getting the Big Ten back, we're getting the Pac-12 back. And just because somehow the Mountain West thinks they're part of this whole Power Five conference deal, they're like, "Oh, we're going to come back too." So, uh, so we're we're getting close to seeing everyone back, and it's it's uh, finally going to be what a real college football week was supposed to be. 
Um, on- you know, just with less fans and a little more distance between people, um, which l- distance between people is something that the Louisville defense um, does really, really well. Uh, it'll actually be the same number of people inside Spartan Stadium, so that'll be nothing new for me this fall. Smart. But and listen, until until we get Maction on a Wednesday night, it's it's really not a complete football season. But oh, gentlemen, bless up anything for some <laughs> action. Shane knows how I feel about the Mac. Oh God, okay. don't get started, please. So the Mac is like that one bag, like the last bag of potato chips that you got, right? Like. They're, it's not the greatest. When it's the only one you got, what do you compare it to? And that's what the Mac is, right, during the week. Mac's the only one playing. So you're like, yeah, this, this, is, this is good football. Compared to other football, is it that good? Probably not. But it's better than nothing. Hell, Listen. watch how many people just watched the Jaguars versus the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> like, And you're going to tell me that, that a bunch of people won't just watch the Mac during the week? <laughs> Get out of here. No, I mean, the next Thursday game is like the Broncos and somebody bad, too. I don't remember Jets, exactly Jets, who it is. Yeah, yeah. oh, there's, what a there is some thrilling. That's even worse than Maction. Good God. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think there would be a lot of Mac players playing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so we're just going to, you know, we're going to get into it in a little bit here. Um, just to go over sort of what we're doing. We're going to do this once a month. You know, just we're going to start just talking, you know, some BS. You know, we're all we're starting to see some football. We're just going to talk about the football that we've seen. What what we think, you know, just some generic football talk, sort of get people into Debbie. Don't be intimidated. You know, guys that knew about James Robinson four months before you did. They, they're scary. Shane's a scary man. So we don't want to do that. We just want to get you guys interested because it's, it's fun to know these. And it, the reason we bring it up so much about the whole James Robinson thing. It's because that's awesome. Like, I know that's a good feeling, Shane. Like, I know it is. The moment that man became relevant for everybody and me and Brandy are just stroking that ego as fiercely and hard as we can. Kane, don't get excited. I don't, don't get excited. I did not like that analogy. <laughs> that one was rough. Sorry, I take it, I take it down to a weird place. I can't help it. This is why Randy doesn't let me host the regular I believe you, you took it up. You didn't take it down. You definitely yeah, took it up. Uh... <laughs> Okay, weird. All right. And then we're just going to talk about dynasty players. Guys yeah. like me who just want to get better at dynasty because sometimes we draft bad guys and I want guys like you too who just who know every person that even breathes and also wears a jersey from 7th graders on, you know, up until, you know, Jonathan Taylor and the Clyde Edward Edwards of the world. Uh, and then we're just going to round it out. I'm going to let you guys just spitball on all the crazy names and I'm going to write them down and I'm not going to have any idea who any of them are, but it's just that way we can hit sort of every, every little bit of the Devi world. I don't, I don't want to scare people, but I also don't want to bore people that like Devi. So I'm going to let you guys just do what you do. So the news that we heard, the news that all of us are excited about because we are all big 10 people. We got some Buckeyes. We got Row the Boat. I'm a self-hating, awful Spartan fan who is not entirely looking forward to the fact that we actually have to play football and win three games this year. Maybe. Maybe. Gentlemen, what you know, Kane, what do you what are you what are you looking forward to? How excited are you that you're actually gonna get to see your boys? Is Rashad Bateman gonna play? That that's another thing. You probably know that situation better than me. I know. He's trying to get back or something, and you know, there's there's some some shenanigans afoot. That's what I'll call it. Yeah. So just starting with Rashad Bateman, I think there's a really good chance that he plays. Uh, he's currently practicing with the Gophers. So really, the thought right is that technically he has to be cleared by the NCAA because he did sign an agent, um, but it's not like he accepted any money or got anything from the agent. So it's basically like, Oh, I didn't think there was a season. So I just signed an agent, but the NCAA more than anything wants money. Um, And like Shane and I talked on the Debbie marketplace is that the Gophers are probably like the fourth or fifth biggest school in the big 10. So they're not going to try to hurt those chances, especially on a program that's really on the rise. Um, So I, I, I tend to think that Rashad Bateman is going to play and they are going to allow him to play. 
um, just because you can use the unforeseen circumstances, right? Like if if the players were getting the the idea from the coaches and the and the uh, trainers and everyone that, that the Big Ten wasn't going to have football, and then he went out and just signed an agent, well, that this is different circumstances. This has never happened before, right? We've never had a pandemic partially shut down part of a college football season and basically change everything about how we've, how we've looked at college football so far. Um, so I think, I think first he's going to play. Um, and then second is what, what does that, what is it going to look like for the big 10 playing? Um, and I think the schedule is kind of murky because I think there's a really good chance that the, uh, the college playoff committee ends up pushing back their date as to when they're going to announce the final four, right. For the college football playoffs, just because right. They're going to want to see the big 10 championship game because there's one really, really good team (laughs) in the big 10 and to keep them out of the college football playoffs due to everything going on, especially when we've already seen what, two or three top 10 teams lose. Um, I think it's pretty much at a no brainer that that you kind of have to wait as Shane just just happens to drink from, from an Ohio state glass. Like, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Was that me that did that? Like, but yeah, Ohio state, I think ends up getting into the college football playoff barring, you know, some crazy loss. I mean, I think they could even still get in with a loss to Penn state. Um, but I think the most fun thing is um, Nebraska's schedule <laughs> because they have to face every hard team in the Big Ten. And that's what they get for complaining the whole time. So this, this is the way I see it. So I, I put on Twitter, right, it's Nebraska. We just want to play. Also, Nebraska. It's not fair that we have to face every hard team in the Big Ten. And and so everyone from Nebraska gets gets mad that they have to that their crossover games are are Penn State and Ohio State. But guess what? They were before. Like those were the games from the East you were supposed to play anyways. So why are you all of a sudden making a fuss about it? Like that's not up to them. <laughs> like I don't know. But you know, we're just happy to have football back. Nebraska might win one game. Um so Scott Frost still not a good coach. And that's kind of where we're at in Big Ten land. What about what about what about your boys? Talk uh, talk about the up and comers. As much as I like to bullshit with you about the Gophers, they just they smell of Mark D'Antonio early 2010s, just on the rise program. Talk about your guys. Talk about some of the other guys. I mean, we know about Rashad Bateman. Talk about anybody else that you think is is potentially dynasty or Debbie relevant. And then just how you think your guys are going to look this year. Well, I think the big, the big difference between PJ Fleck and, and uh, whatever happened at Michigan state is that uh, PJ Fleck's not doing any recruiting violations, but we'll just hold that for another day, Jerry. Um, uh, <laughs> but I think, I think the Gophers are going to look good. You have, you have a returning, uh, returning quarterback in Tanner Morgan, who was incredibly efficient. Um, probably more efficient than people thought he was going to be. Um, you add in most of the offensive line returning. I think, no, the entire offensive line is returning. Um, then you add, still have Rashad Bateman, still have Chris Ottman-Bell. He's just going to be the number two. He's going to be probably taking over that slot role for Tyler Johnson. So getting a good amount of those targets. Um, and the defense is going to be a little worse for wear. We know that. Um, but defense doesn't win games in college football anymore. Offense wins games. So, you know, as long as the Gophers can continue to score and be putting up, right. You guys know, as well as I do, you guys love the big 10. If, if Gophers are putting up 30 points a game, there's going to be a lot of wins. Um, It's hard to, it's hard to put up 30 and lose in the big 10. So, you know, that's just kind of the plan. So I think, you know, we lost so many players on the defensive side of the ball, um, but it's going to be really interesting to see what happens at the running back position. Um, obviously, we have Mo Ibrahim, who's going to be taking the the lion's share of the of the uh, carries. But don't forget about about my boy Kai Thomas. 
Um, I've been I've been talking to him a little bit, and he's just jazzed to get on the football field. So um, can't wait to see what he does. He was the uh, Gatorade Player of the Year from Kansas. Um, ended up with what over four thousand rushing yards and seventy touchdowns in his high school career. So some crazy stats. Um, and I don't think any of the other running backs really have a have a chance to to really make a dent in this roster. So really excited for what the Gophers are doing. Um, it's looking like the same thing again. Who's going to win between those games with, with Wisconsin and Iowa to see who's going to make the Big Ten championship? And Mr. Shane, the, the guy that watches the team that has the cream that rises to the top. Listen, the Buckeyes got everybody. The Buckeyes always got everybody. Talk about them. We all know about Justin Fields. We know your team's good. Get, give us some stuff. Talk some shit. Do what you got to do, my man. Y'all deserve it. Uh, I mean, I, I think it'll be a good year, but uh, I think there is some uncertainty. And, and Humble. Uh, this is this man is lying, and he is being <laughs> literally too says, nice. All he, says he knows is, I they are think going it'll be a to good kick year. the piss out of everybody this whole year. Stop it. Look, I, I think look, it'll I, be a good year. Get I, out I, of here. I, but I, I think when we talk about like Debbie players, right? I mean, we've had uh, the Ohio State's kind of had a run of running backs, and I think that's uh, a piece that's uncertain, right? Trey Sermon's coming in from Oklahoma, transferring. Master Teague has not really lived up to expectations, and Ohio State's kind of holding out for a year till they get to two dynamic five-star freshman recruits at running back and. Um, in a year or so, you know, I, I'm interested to see if either of these players of Sermon or Teague can kind of come out of the woodwork, have a really good year Sermon. If he can stay healthy, it's been his big issue. You know, I, I think you could have either of them could be deadly, deadly relevant with a really good season. And then uh, I, I still think Chris Olave, the wide receiver, number one, who ran the wrong route in the national championship, lost that game for them. Excuse uh, me. It wasn't a national championship. It's uh, the, the, the semifinal. The, Oh, I'm sorry. And then the playoff, right? He didn't make it to the championship. <laughs> should have, should have made it to the championship. Um, you know, but ran that wrong route. Cost the game is is one of the most underrated Devi players out there right now. I mean, he he has the speed, he has the athletic ability. Um, Ohio State is vacating a hundred catches this season uh, are all in the NFL. So, um, you know, he, he's going to get more of that. And I, I, ha- I had just released a, a seven round mock draft on draft site for 2021. And I have him at the back end of the first round. Uh, I think he can be that kind of player. So I think he's one of those Debbie guys to keep an eye on when the big 10 comes back. If he's Justin Fields favorite target, he's going to be great. And then they have a, a ton of receivers um, that uh, young guys that have Debbie talent, uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, five-star receiver who's a, a true sophomore next year started to show some some really great things athletically making some tough catches I think he's going to be the number two and really come on and then they they had a, a, a trio of receivers uh, coming in and, and um, joined Fleming five-star Jackson Smith and the Jigba five-star and, and, and G Scott four-star so all three of those guys should get the opportunity to play they should be kind of the next three up along with Mookie Cooper, another four-star receiver. So uh, there's a lot of young receiving talent there. Um, and uh, honestly, uh, the other thing I'll say is I think that the tight end position for them is some of the, one of the most overrated Debbie players out there is Jeremy Ruckert, uh, who just has not really performed, is still the number two behind Luke Farrell. Um, and so I think he's one of those guys to stay away from. But yeah, look, Ohio State should run away with the conference. I'll say I have, I have a sleeper team that I think is going to be um, up at, toward the top, Maryland. I think Maryland is going to win a ton of games in the Big Ten this year and compete. Talia Tagovailoa, they have Dante Dimas at receiver, uh, Rakeem Jarrett coming in. Uh, Maryland's going to be going to be good, and then they're going to pull a couple upsets in here. Throw some respect well, on Penny Boone, too. Shane. Listen, that's <laughs> going to drop Michigan State's wins from three down to two if Maryland does end up doing things. So that's just freaking great. Well, if they give you a three, just hit the under. Not a big deal. <laughs> Um, so we already talked about some of the big guys. I mean, we don't need to talk about Justin Fields. We know he's probably going to be, you know, 102 in most leagues, maybe 101, depending where he lands. Um, we talked about Rashad Bateman, Kane's boy, Rondo Moore is also coming back. Shane, who are some of the other guys? Maybe not the guys that we hear about in the big team. Some of these guys that are going to go, you know, going to be second round dynasty prospects. It, even mention a Debbie guy, if you need to, they could sort of, you know, 
it, it come in and be relevant. Some guys that we haven't heard of, but we could see them going into the 2020 draft class. And, you know, we're with what is today? You know, we got less than a month before the Big Ten kicks off. Get set me up. Give me a foundation for success, baby. Well, I, I mentioned Alave. He, he's he's a, he's a big guy for me. Uh, I, you know, I think there's other receivers that um, could end up emerging if they have a good year. And Nico Collins, the receiver from Michigan, um, you know, he he's a player. Michigan is really bad at developing talent, and like it sucks for for, for dynasty of how bad they are. But with Tariq Black gone, Donovan Peoples-Jones gone, um, Nico Collins has been the most productive receiver there, even with NFL talent. Now that NFL talent's gone, uh, I, I think he could have a really big year. New quarterback, uh, Joe Milton, I think is going to be very good at Michigan uh, this season. So Nico Collins could be a breakout guy. Um, and then I mentioned Dante Demas from Maryland, um, you know, if if Talia Tagovailoa, Tua's brother, uh, really excels there, then I think Demas is that player. He has a little bit of DJ Moore in him. I don't think he's that good, but he has a little bit of that, you know, the fast speed, really good acceleration, gets off the line quickly. He just played for a really crappy team. And um, so sometimes those guys you don't really get to see until late. I think he could be one of those players that emerges. Um, so, you know, there's a couple. I'll, I'll leave uh, – I'll, I'll leave Kane his his favorite Penn State running back that he can talk about because uh, I, I think I think I think he'll want to do that. Thank you. <laughs> I, I always, didn't know what I wanted the, to say the, right away. The, always with the the patience with Kane. <laughs> okay, so Journey Brown, right? So if we're looking at the, the top running backs, right there, there seems to be we have a top two to three, right, for most people um, that you might call consensus, Etienne Najee Harris from Alabama, and then Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State. Um, but one person that people need to start talking about more is Journey Brown, um, was the running back, or is the running back at Penn State, and he just is really good. Like, a lot of people seem to not give him uh, the proper respect that he deserves, and it makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, he didn't really come on until about what game seven, I believe it was against the Gophers. Um, but he ended up averaging just under seven yards a carry and 12 touchdowns. If you really want to see uh, a good display of his, just his pure talent and his pure power, take a look at when they faced Memphis in the bowl game. Um, he was absolutely terrific. Uh, the thing, the thing that's really nice is, we have a clear idea as to what his uh, offensive system is going to be. Um, they do have a new offensive coordinator, but his offensive coordinator came from Minnesota. It's Kurt Shiraka, um, which is the same offensive coordinator that uh, was at Western Michigan with PJ Fleck and came to Minnesota. So we know what Kurt Shiraka, the offense is going to look like. It's going to be a lot of outside zone. And believe it or not, that's kind of the strength of Journey Brown. Um, he's a one-cut runner, and he he has power when he's hitting the second level. So he's he's going to absolutely destroy. Um, the thing I want to watch the most is what does he look like against NFL caliber talent, which is Ohio State. Um, what does he look like against Ohio State? Is he going to uh, be stood up as soon as he hits the second level, or is he going to going to continue um, to be able to run through that second level like he did starting from the game against the Gophers on through the rest of the season? Um, you know, he has to be in conversation with a guy that's going to be uh, the fourth running back. I, it's really hard to imagine a time where, uh, journey Brown fails so badly this year where he goes up for the draft and isn't a day one or day two pick. Um, Shane, where did you have him in your most recent mock draft that you just put out that seventh rounder? Um, yeah, I, I think I had him in the third round. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I ended up settling on him there. Because, I, 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 like you said, I think with a Big Ten coming back, uh, that was, to me, like, okay, now this, now he can show out. That's what we were waiting for. We're waiting for kind of the one breakout season that we saw with Miles Sanders. He was already starting it, um, you know, uh, last year. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, I put it up. I had yeah, in third round, 69th overall to the Washington football team. So. Which would be a terrific landing spot. 
in my eyes because he catches the ball really, really well. Um, probably the other guy I would mention in the Big Ten, since I don't want to, I probably shouldn't talk about any other Gophers. Not that I don't want to, but I probably just shouldn't. Um, is a Devi guy is wide receiver David Bell uh, for Purdue, and I think the only reason why I think he's he's worth bringing up. Um, so analytics people love him right now, right? It, the whole thing about the percentage of the team's receiving yards that he has incredibly high. Sure. But that didn't start happening until Rondell Moore got hurt against Minnesota. Um, so I want to see what he looks like on a field with Rondell Moore. Um, we know that Purdue peppers their number one receiver early and often. Um, so I would assume that's still going to be Rondell Moore because Rondell Moore is just better. Um, but I want to see what, how David Bell looks. Um, is he still going to be able to get a huge portion of those targets? And I think if, if he doesn't, I think that sets it up for a huge buy if you're playing Devi, just because, um, you know, if he's not getting the targets, people are going to think there's something wrong with him. But in all reality, you know, targets, as as Peter Howard would say, targets just go to the better players. Like, that's the analytics, <laughs> that targets go to just better players on the field. Um, so, you know, he's going to get less targets with Rondell Moore out there. And I doubt that he's going to be able to put anything near what he did last year, um, because Rondell Moore is just too good. I mean, Peter Howard would say it with a fantastic British accent and sound a little better than you, but I, but I appreciate it. Um, I'm a, I want to bring up one guy because I have been shitting on my Spartans and they had one guy that at least had a little bit of a pulse. We talking uh, about Elijah Josh- Collins. I am. Josh brought him up also, wanting to talk about him. Unfortunately, he was not, couldn't be here. Uh, so, Shane, talk to me about Elijah Collins. Give me, a, give me just a little hope, just a little something that maybe, maybe we can take down. Like, we should have Rutgers week one. Maybe we could take down Northwestern or something with him. I, I was really impressed with Elijah Collins last year. I mean, I thought he was the bright spot for the team. I, I mean, um, averaging about four and a half yards a carry. Uh, I, I think he, he dominated the teams that he was supposed to dominate, right? Illinois, Rutgers, Western Michigan. I mean, I mean, he had those huge games. And then uh, the Ohio State game, I thought he played pretty well, kind of grinded out some yards. So he's, he's intriguing. He, he's draft eligible this year. Uh, he's he's a, a redshirt sophomore. I, I don't think he'll declare. Uh, I just don't think the offense will be good enough. What I really want to see is him – play better against better defenses. I thought he really struggled against Penn State. I thought he really struggled against Wisconsin. The whole offense did. And, you know, it's tough when you don't have a great offensive line, which he doesn't. Um, But, you know, that's intriguing. The other thing that I think he'll do at the NFL level is catch the football. I think that's – he's a really natural hands catcher, gets into space really well, and uh, I think he does some good damage. He has to do a little bit better after the catch. Um, And, you know, I'd like to see just a little bit more explosion – uh, from him, ultimately, uh, maybe even lose a little bit of weight. If he gets down to 210, I think he'd be a lot quicker. Um, so I think Elijah Collins is, is going to be a work in progress. You know, he's someone I, I have ranked right now the 23rd running back in this class. Um, and, and obviously in, tw- in 2022, would be much higher. Um, and a lot of these guys are going to go back to school, including him. So uh, he's probably the bright spot for Michigan State. And hopefully, um, hopefully the offense runs through Kane, do you have anything nice to say with that gorgeous Scott Fishbowl 9 t-shirt that you're wearing right now? <laughs> He's shaking his head no. All I right, don't. never mind. I wouldn't, just I wouldn't say I have Kane. nice things to say. Well, <laughs> well Shane say, basically, say the mean ones then. Shane basically touched on everything, right? Um, he had – it was rough sledding for him um, against teams that have pure NFL talent um, in the Big Ten, and that's to be expected when your offensive line's dookie, um, right? You can only do so much. Whole team, but yeah. Well, I was just focusing on the five up front. Um, you know, we can talk about the whole team if you want to, about how bad they are. And Absolutely but, not. Uh, <laughs> let's hold that for another day when they lose to Rutgers. Um, <laughs> I'm not doing this show if they lose to Rutgers. <laughs> Randy's um, behind the glass. Randy's going to have to take over. Yeah, so, you know, I think he's – the offense has to go through him if they think they're going to have any success. That's really all it boils down to yeah. for Michigan State. I don't even really know who the quarterback's going to be, but does does Nico Collins drop in your rankings knowing that he doesn't like tomatoes? Because he is actually a 
pretty standard regular at the place where I work. And he always gets a chicken club with no tomatoes. Does that drop him in your rankings for either of you? I feel like Kane as a food man. I don't know if you're a tomato guy. I, I, I know what they are. I think that's the first thing. Uh, I do know what tomatoes are. Um, you know, if I, I talk about food a lot, but I'm always one of those guys. Don't yuck somebody else's yum. Um, no, he's he's a super nice dude, and he's so much bigger than you think he actually is. It makes sense that he can manhandle some corners. I, you know, oh. he would probably be drafted higher if he went anywhere other than Michigan. But yeah, I accept for Michigan State. He's um, just he's just Michigan just destroys recruits. They do, and, and that, they they. I mean, Shea Patterson was a was a problem too. But I mean, the dude scored two touchdowns against Ohio State a few years ago. Well, he look, made the little look at the what jump Tariq ball Black is doing against too. Texas, right? Look what Tariq Black has done with Texas so far. Um, he never would have been able to do that against or with no with Michigan, and Michigan's yeah. getting ready to lose Week One. So, oh God, this this is the talk I'm actually here for. All right, before we yeah, they face get the on any more. <laughs> I know, I know. Before we get down any more anti-Michigan talk, um, we have actually seen games. There was literally games. There has been games, but there was the SEC that started this past Saturday. And as much as I would like to poop on the SEC, they have been the premier talented conference over, I don't know, 15 years since the Tim Tebow era started, really. Um Shane, what 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 have you seen from the guys that were draft eligible that we saw? You know, these. Hold on, let me pull my list out here. We had I'm a couple. Gonna, couple um, let me let me just make one talk comment about Kyle Trask. Is that yeah, what we're going to do right now? We will. But uh, I just want to let you know that uh, only that that seven SEC teams lost their season opener. That's the highest mark since the conference's inception in 1932. <laughs> Hashtag overrated. Uh-huh. <laughs> when they all play each other, that's great. That's hey, we take the stats when we can get them. <laughs> this guy hitting you with some some football dad jokes. Uh, all right, right. all right. I mean, I got three take things. Take it, please. Three things oh. from this past weekend. Hold on. Let me let, let me get the pen out. All right, number, Fire number one. Number one, uh, I think by far for me is Jalen Waddle, wide receiver for Alabama. Um, absolutely dominated. Missouri, eight catches, 134 yards, two touchdowns. I, I I tweeted this. I think there, and I think I talked about it on the Debbie Marketplace too. I think there's a non zero percent chance he's the first receiver off the board in the 2021 NFL draft. He's Henry Ruggs, but a lot better. He actually like plays receiver. Uh, and so uh, he's he's playing that role better than we've seen a receiver play that role in a long time. So I think Jalen Waddle is a guy that you need to be on. Um, that uh, is going to be it's going to be a stud. I really think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. He's he has the speed and he has the receiver talent. He's kind of that. I feel like he's Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs rolled into one, and now he's going to have the production. Number two is Mississippi State uh, and Mike Leach upset LSU. And um, one of my big questions with Mississippi State was running back Kylan Hill. Uh, I really was like, uh, I don't think he's a great fit for this offense. Uh, and and you know I, I don't know. Um, and look, he ran seven times for 34 yards, and that's what he did really well. He was a really good runner. And now they turn him into a receiver. He caught eight passes, 158 yards, and a touchdown against LSU's defense. Um, Kylan Hill is a guy that, that's moving up for me. He's doing things that he wasn't asked to do before. You know, he went back to school. A lot of people thought he would declare. Uh, this is a guy that that ran for over 1300 yards last season, only had 18 catches. He already has, um, you know, two thirds. He only already has a third of that in one game. So um, he's showing that versatility you put together last year's tape. And if this continues, uh, I mean, he's going to be a top five running back in this class. And then uh, I know Kane doesn't like to talk tight ends, but I think tight end has been one of the shining points of the first few weeks. Um, our top guy is Brevin Jordan out of Miami who has consistently been a part of why this, this Miami team is the Miami of old again. Um, he's, he's already caught 15 passes, 212 yards, three touchdowns, dominated Louisville. Uh, they, they used him in, in numerous ways of Florida State. He's, he's a big receiver playing tight end. That's what you want in, in, um, in Dynasty, right? That's what you want to have. You want a guy that's going to catch passes. And then, yeah, Florida, Kyle Pitts. 
Um, and, and we can talk Kyle Trask as well, but I mean, Kyle Pitts, eight catches, 170 yards. It was, I mean, he just put on a performance. He's five, and, and, and hit pay dirt four effing times. Yeah. Too. Like, whoo, you know, that, that, that's good. And, and, um, man, these, you know, these top three tight ends, we can toss and Pat Fryer move from Penn state when he starts playing. Um, it's going to be the best high end tight end class in a long time. And depending on how your league, if you start two or it's tight end premium, you know, I think this is the year to invest. Um, I boy? think one really important thing that Shane said there is uh, he only mentioned tight ends in tight end premium leagues. Um, I, I, It's so hard to not stress enough that if you're in a standard league that has no tight end premium, why are you wasting Debbie picks or like early rookie picks on a tight end? Like it doesn't make sense, so that's just the first thing. I, I'm a known tight end now. hater. Now I like it. Well, it, you know that's. Uh, I mean, I get it. I get. I I see what you're saying. It, and so many people want to take you know Kyle Pitts and Brevin Jordan with like a third round Devi pick, but you know I'd rather take Jerry and Ely if Jerry and Ely has a chance to be a top five running back in the 2022 draft versus Kyle Pitts. Or Brevin and Jordan. Where does Jerry and Ely play? Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Thank you. We'll get to the Ole Miss te- uh, Florida game in just a okay. just a hair because there's about four guys that I really really like on that in that game. Um, well, but well, I just, think just get just get into it because I I know you're a big Trask guy and that mother he went bananas. Yeah. So Kyle Trask is my uh, quarterback four. Um, he was before. I, I enjoyed all the hate that I got for saying that he was better than Jamie Newman before the season. Um, and look where we are now, dad. Like, you know, like, like, look at where we are. Like, he's so much better. And let's let's not forget that um, before when he came in to relieve a hurt Felipe Franks, that he hadn't started a game since his freshman year in high school. And he comes in to do it as a junior. So it hadn't started in six years and leads the Florida Gators to a top 10 team. And then now comes out and throws for over 400 yards and six touchdowns with zero picks and just making just good decisions overall. I think that's one of the bonuses that you're going to get about Kyle Trask is that he's just not going to make the poor decisions. Um, he might not have as strong of an arm as, you know, your Trevor Lawrence, your, your uh, Trey Lance, your, Justin Fields, but he's always going to make the right decision. And he might not be a plus matchup in a lot of games, but he's going to make sure that he's he's not going to be the reason your your uh, NFL team loses, which I think is a really big, a really big point as well. But the other guys that are worth talking about in this game, though, um, Jerry and Ely, my man, Jerry and Ely, um, Florida's a really good defense and they have a really good defensive line and they're linebackers. I think Shane watched this game too, and their linebackers were just flying around. They were fast, um, you know, and their cornerbacks were tackling well anytime you tried to bounce it outside. So um, Jerry and Ely, Ely still being able to get three catches um, along with, you know, just under five yards per carry on the ground and did bust off an 18-yard run. Um, so he's he's incredibly skilled, but I think actually one of the best weapons on that Ole Miss team right now is Elijah Moore. And Elijah Moore did everything for that team. 10 receptions, 227 yards. Uh, never never got in the end zone, but he was just everywhere. Everywhere you needed him to be, whether it was a go route, whether it was a dagger route, just 15 and in, whether it was a curl, whether it was just slants over the middle. Like Elijah Moore was the guy. Um, he was almost like Shy Smith at the start of that South Carolina game where all they did was throw to Shy Smith for – what the whole first drive and a half. Um, But yeah, man, Elijah Moore is just good. Um, That's the analysis. Like he's going to get drafted. He's just hashtag good. So Randy has this thing where he always likes the quarterback that everybody else hates. It's always like the QB three or the QB four. And it's always like, you know, it's the guy that sneaks up on you and gets relevant. It's the Josh Allen's it's the Justin Herbert's it's Daniel Jones. It's there's always somebody that everyone wants to just shit on, and he always just scoops him up. Who do you guys think that is going to be in this class? Is it Kyle Tress? Is it someone like, I mean, KJ Costello played okay. I mean, he threw for a hell of a ton of yards. So, 
Um, I, I didn't happen to see that game. He's the quarterback from Mississippi State, transferred from Stanford. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Yep. Um, so who do you guys think that guy could be so Randy can just write that down while he's listening behind the glass currently? Um, look, I, I, I think Trask is, has kind of put himself in that pole position, I, I think, um, for, you know, for QB three, assuming Trey Lance goes back to school. Um, I think the other guy, you know, not to go back to the big 10, but I think Tanner Morgan is going to be someone that is, uh, in possible position for that. I mean, you know, he had such a good year last season and, and if Bateman comes back, um, I think he, he has such a good throwing motion that the NFL is going to really like it if he puts up numbers. And I, I think Costello is is going to be in that conversation. I mean, if he keeps doing this, he's by far the most talented quarterback that Mike Leach has ever had. And um, no one has ever – Take for Gardner Minshew. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's be real. Like, KJ Costello is more talented than Gardner Minshew is in terms of arm talent. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to say in the NFL, but in terms of arm talent. Um, and no one's ever thrown for 600 yards in the SEC before, like in a game, ever. And it's his and first He did game. it in his first game. <laughs> like, like this, this offense is going to be bananas. So, you know, if you have someone in that offense with those numbers, you know, putting up numbers, I, I don't, I think it's going to be hard for NFL teams to say, we don't want to take a chance on this guy. So I think those three right now are kind of the competition to me um, for, for QB three, if Lance goes back to school and uh, you know, I, I don't know the, the other guys, Brock Purdy, no, Jamie Newman, no, Sam Ellinger, no, you know, I, I think those are the three right now. Yeah, any think, any disagreement with that, Kane? No, I think he that he's right on. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch to just a running back talk because Shane and I hadn't hadn't haven't talked about this game yet, and it's Zamir Zamir White. I can't even talk right now. Zeus against uh, Arkansas. He plays for Georgia, and he just looked really really good. He was just solid. Um, he gets all the yards you want him to get. Doesn't really make poor decisions. Um, when it comes to his vision, which if only we could give that vision to Chuba Hubbard and just go from there, maybe we would actually have a good, you know, a top running back. But um, but I digress. But Zamir White, man, just looked solid. He's he's just a good player. Um, and I don't know if he's going to come out this year. I think he needs to have some really, really big games for for him to really get drafted. You know anything? You before. think that's just because he because he missed the year because he 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 had an ACL or something, right? So he, he yeah, he's torn his ACL twice. Okay. Um, yeah, and he was getting some of the work behind DeAndre Swift, but at at the same point, I think you're kind of you need him to have some really big games. Um, he only what he only ran the ball 13 times, and I know that that's a staple that's of, sort the, of, Georgia, of the Georgia. Though, yeah, yeah, it's a staple of the Georgia offense. But at the same point, like he only he doesn't catch the ball a lot out of the backfield. So if, if you're trying to comp him to other Georgia running backs, it, it's just tough sledding. So I think right now he's pretty firm in that day three category if he comes out this year. But, and I, I would assume that that Shane has him almost at the same juncture in that, in that day three talk. Um, but, you know, he's got to have just some monster games against really, really good teams. If he's, if he's really going to uh, have some success. Yeah, I, have you? Oh, oh. No, Sorry, go ahead. It's, it's funny because I bashed him on our last uh, podcast. I was like, "Ah, oh, Senior White, I, I think he's overrated. He's not going to do anything." Then he comes out and has that big game. So, yeah, I, I had him in the sixth round of my mock um, before that game. I probably would take him up to the fifth, and, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. Kane, have you seen anybody so far that has just underwhelmed? That maybe you thought was going to take a step, or they needed to continue it, and they have just shit the bed. Yeah, I'll, I'll attack a Twitter darling, um, which is Rakeem Boyd, uh, running back. He's what? He's a sophomore right now, or is he not a sophomore? I can't remember. There's so many names. He's a is senior. That the kid from <laughs> Last Chance U. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, so he just had a rough game. Eleven carries for 21 yards. Um, I know it's against Georgia, but there were just some times where the vision just didn't add up. Um, and he probably could have gotten a few more yards. You know, he didn't have to average just under two yards a carry. Could have done a little bit better. Um, and especially in the first half, I thought in the first half, Arkansas was actually a better team than Georgia in the first half. And they were moving the ball pretty well. And then, you know, 
then Georgia turned it on. Yeah. Well, I think Georgia more was like, yeah, we should actually try because we're losing. Um, Because what Georgia only scored five points in the first half. Yeah. They were down seven to five. So uh, they were even down 10 to five. Um, And then, you know, then they scored just the rest of the game. But I think Rakeem Boyd, um, I have a hard time even seeing him getting drafted right now. Sure, he had a great season last year, but um, it's rough right now. So that's one Shane, guy that probably you any, you underwhelmed me. On, not, you got anybody that just you didn't love? Yeah, let's 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 talk about Samari and Terry, wide receiver for Florida State, right? Uh, yeah, um, I just I took mean, him in the second round. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, he's he's gonna not gonna be going to the second round of the NFL draft. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> Great. What um, a surprise! I'm shit at this game. Way to zing him. <laughs> I mean, look, he, Florida State is so just so bad. I mean, they're just so bad. So uh, bad. He his his he you know he had six catches in that first game against Georgia Tech. Had a, had a really nice catch. It was like, oh, okay, maybe. Uh, let's talk about a stat line in Miami game. Zero catches, zero yards, one rush, negative four yards rushing. Um, this is going to be his year, and and I, I I don't think you can declare if he keeps playing like this. The Florida State is getting blown out. Um, it's it, it's just really unfortunate, kind of that this is this all this happened, and there's limited games because he's the kind of guy that probably would do really well against bad defenses and show the talent. And it's okay. Maybe the team around him is just so bad that he's good. And that's probably true, but I mean, you can't get blanked against Miami. If you're the best player, like the, the team should put the ball in your hands. And so uh, he was a guy I was, I was already a little trepidatious on just, um, just to, to, he's not dominant. And now, I mean, I think he'll go in the third day of the NFL draft if he declares, uh, unless he has a, a – I don't think he's going to have a great workout. I don't think he's this athletic stud either, and that's a problem. So we've got Equinemia St. Brown. We have found that guy. Don't worry. His brother's in this draft. Yeah, his brother might yeah. be that guy, actually. We'll see what how the Pac-12 goes. Yeah, You well, know, because everyone loves drafting just purely slot guys. <laughs> that's the uh, USC kid. Yeah, Amon Ra. Amon Ra, named after the Egyptian sun god. Of course. All right, gentlemen. Me and Randy did this bit on the war zone. I don't know, a couple weeks ago, and it was it was was it camp was it a camp hit or a camp bullshit? Coaches were talking, everybody, you know, depth charts were coming out. I wanted to know if it was a real thing or if they were just talking. It was just some bullshit. So we are going to adapt that to this. Because a very wise and powerful man, the guy I was actually just talking about uh, at DWZ Memphis, Randall Young himself, he wanted to know that he's been hearing about how these 2021 picks are going to be extremely valuable to have, and these are the ones you're going to be wanting, and this 2022 draft class is lacking. So is this just the younger class not getting enough opportunity or is there actually something to this and the talent there really is just not something that just tickles your fancy. So are, are, Shane, is this, is this a Twitter hit or is this just some more Twitter bullshit that we hear over and over again? I, I mean, I I've gotten in enough Twitter fights over this question um, and, you know, and gotten yelled at by people in the industry. I don't think 2021 is great outside of the first round. I, th- I think the first round of your rookie draft is is going to be really good. You know, we have a stud running back in Travis Etienne from Clemson. Uh, you know, we have guys like like Journey Brown and, and, and Najee Harris that can really emerge. You know, we have a really good top end receivers: Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, Jalen Waddle, uh, Rondell Moore. But you know, I think the second round is going to be the tight ends. Is going to be you know, second tier receivers. I think the running back is going to dry up really quick. And, you know, let's think back to last year. Um, you know, if, if, if ETN and Najee Harris and Devonta Smith had declared last year, I think we'd really be down on this group, right? And that's going to happen. We're going to have guys go back to school. It's going to happen. Uh, guys that we, so we say, oh, they're definitely going to come out. They're going to be top three round picks. They're going to go back to school. And especially in a year like this. So um, to me, that that's just, it's it's not like that. It's not that 2022 is really bad. Like I think 2022 is a better running back class as a whole in terms of depth. Um, I think the receivers are not as good, 
but I think there still is some high-end receiver talent. And, you know, I think the quarterback talent, we have Lawrence, we have um, Justin Fields. If Trey Lance goes back to school, this 2022 quarterback class, you know, it may not have a Lawrence or a Fields, but they're going to be darn close. You're going to have three, four, five guys that have legitimate NFL talent. Um, so I, I, I think it's comparable. And I, th- I think people just like to pump up the, the next draft class, it's it's like it's what gets if if I tell you 2021 is terrible, no one's going to listen to me talk about the 2021 Debbie guys. They don't want to hear about it. Right. So like we, we got to kind of pump it up a little bit. Um, but I, I think 2020 was much better. I think 2021 uh, I, I, I might end up selling those second, third round picks when the draft comes along because um, I'm not completely sold. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're on when you're on a big stage or, you know, on, on a football field, you have a hard time seeing up to the balcony because all you can see is what's right in front of you because of those lights. And I think that's really where we're at right now. Um, people just want to acknowledge what's right in front of them because that's what gets clicks. You know, that's what's going to get the likes. That's what's going to get the retweets on Twitter. So, you know, yeah, the this class is, is going to be pretty good, the 2021 class. But the 2022 class, man, I think the collective as a whole, if Trey Lance goes back to school, that quarterback collective, um, I want a lot of those 2022 first-round picks. There's going to be four really, really good – no, five really, really five, good quarterbacks, yeah. right? So see, uh, you know, you got Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. You have uh, the, the USC kid, Keaton Slovis. You have Jaden Daniels at Arizona State. You'd have Trey Lance at North Dakota State. And then you have Shane's favorite at UNC. Um, so, man, I don't I don't know. Um, so, I, so it's just people are lazy is what you are both saying, essentially. I, I think it's easier to know who's going to be in this upcoming class always than it is to look ahead a year. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's the uh, content driven area that we're in right now, right? People are going to put more clicks on what's more recent. That's always how it's going to be. So, you know, look ahead, do your own research. Um, There's going to be people that are just propping up this class and are going to tell you probably to sell all your 2022 picks and see if you can move up. Um, But, you know, we at the Devi, on that would be well, we at the Devi marketplace are only about accruing value, not losing it. Um, so no, I'm gonna want to trade second round picks this year for first rounders next year because there's going to be people that are trying to say that uh so and so that Tylen Wallace is going to be the future of whatever team he lands on, you know, and he, he's gonna be the future of the Miami Dolphins, bro. And it's like, okay, um. I'm going to take Spencer Rattler because you just made a shit pick. Um, so I'm going to have an early pick in 2022 because you clearly can't handle your team correctly. So uh, I'm just going to accrue that value and I'm going to beat him in 2022 if he really wants to have my picks now. Um, I, who else have you guys seen? Young guys. I know there was the the little the little Kansas State kid had a pretty good game, went off. <laughs> Is there anyone else? Uh, Deuce, yeah, Deuce Vaughn, which the guy that talks about poop all the time, you think I would have had that off the top of my head real quick. Uh, is there any young guys that you guys have seen that you just want to, you know, anyone that you just can't Seth McCowan. Let us stop recording? Let's talk about him. <laughs> Who the hell is Seth McGowan? Seth McGowan, uh, freshman running back at Oklahoma. Um, if you were a patron of, of the uh, Devi Marketplace, then you knew about Seth McGowan long before anyone else did. Um, we've been talking about Seth McGowan since, what, Shane, June? That's all you. Like, don't don't want like, me in there. You're before, Seth McGowan. Before so. Kennedy, you, you, hit, you hit, I didn't hit on, on that. Before Kennedy yeah. Brooks opted out, we were like, Seth, I was, okay, I'll take away the weed. Yeah. I was saying that he was going to be the guy at Oklahoma. Um, he was the best talent. And you saw, you've now seen two games from Oklahoma where he's clearly the top running back on that team. Um, so I don't know why you wouldn't want him. Oklahoma is going to be playing on all the biggest stages week after week after week. Um, and, you know, whether he makes it to your NFL roster or not, doesn't matter. 
but you're drafting him now and trading for him now. He's just going to accrue value. Um, and then the other guy that I'd probably mention, I'll leave some of the other names for Shane and go a little deeper. Um, but I'm going to go to Pitt just because I know Shane loves when I talk about Pitt. And that's Jordan Addison. Um, this last week, seven catches for 77 yards and a touchdown, um, beating up on an atrocious defense of Louisville, which I don't know how they were ranked ever that high ever in their lives ever um, in something other than basketball. Uh, you know, he, he's just a really, really good player. He's doing everything for Pitt. Um, he's clearly their top target there. He has had an early rapport with Kenny Pickett. And I think that's just going to continue this entire season. Um, so Addison, keep him on the radar. You know, he's going to just keep having really, really good weeks. And if you're playing DFS, um, he's incredibly cheap. If you're playing DFS college fantasy. Shane, you got anybody? No, I mean, I, I think, I think Addison is, is a really good pick. I mean, he's, um, he, he reminds me of Tyler Boyd, man. I mean, he, he kind of has that, that type of moxie and movement ability. So, Oh, Hey, ex- weird. Where did Tyler Boyd go to college? Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like a, a perfect fit, right? He, yeah, <laughs> so, he, oh, he went to Pitt too. Crazy. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> You know, I, I want to. I'll talk about one guy. Uh, not you know, just, just go back to tight end because Kane loves him so much. But uh, Arik Gilbert, the tight end for LSU, made uh, an exceptional touchdown reception in that game. Kind of uh, almost saved LSU in a way. He had four catches in the game, um, and he's a guy. So he's the the highest rated tight end recruit ever on twenty four seven Sports ever. Um, and, uh, so like that, that, that's high talent and LSU was a team last year, did not use the tight end. I mean, this guy's just too good to keep off the field, even as a true freshman. Uh, I think he's someone that's going to, uh, that's really going to blow up. And, um, I, I mean, when I've had tight end premium Debbie drafts, he's, he's a big target of mine. Cause I, th- I think I have to have him. And then, uh, I'm going to go to TCU, uh, who you know who uh, didn't have a great outing in their their first game? I was I was really hoping to see freshman running back Zach Evans. We, we didn't get to uh, didn't really get to see him play. Uh, but the, the freshman receiver that they have there uh, really reminded me of Jalen Rieger last year. Quentin Johnston had had a big touchdown. He had two catches. Uh, he, but he's kind of a, a bigger. Rieger, 6'4", 193, um, was a four-star recruit, kind of forgotten about in this class. I feel like a lot of people just kind of ignored him because he's going to TCU. But um, even with bad quarterback play, I mean, he he really performed. So I think he's a name to just keep on the list and keep eyeing up. And, you know, there's a lot of five-star guys we're still waiting for from, from the Big Ten or even, you know, Bijan Robinson in Texas, the running back, had a strained back, and he's taking a back seat. Like, these guys will, will come – and, you know, they'll get to play. Uh, but the, I think this freshman class that, you know, this freshman class that is going to start playing, um, honestly, it's one of the best freshman classes in terms of potential fantasy prospects I've seen in a long time. And uh, that's, that's, you know, really saying something. So uh, Shane didn't hit on two of them. So, and they're on the same team. So it's worth mentioning Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs, both from Georgia Tech. Um, incredible. They're going to be a pair to watch for a really long time, um, for at least, you know, three years before they go to the NFL. Um, Jameer Gibbs, I think there's a real strong inkling that he could be my running back too right now in that class. Um, because, you know, we just didn't get to see much of Tank at Auburn. Um, but, you know, he and Bijan, I think, are really going to uh, hold firm to the top of this class and just and just excel for a long time. But I think there's one bit of, of additional info that I wanted to share along with the Eric Gilbert pick that, that Shane mentioned. And that's, if we look at a history of, of five-star tight ends from rivals, um, which is just the worst version of 24 seven. It's, it's these six guys. So in 2002, Mercedes Lewis, first round pick. 2003, Greg Olson, first round pick. 2005, Martellus Bennett, second round pick. 2008, Kyle Rudolph, second round pick. 2013, OJ Howard, first round pick. 2016, Isaac Nada, who's just not not a good, seventh round pick. 
So still, you know, still a very good hit rate, though. Right. So if you're talking what eighty three percent hit rate, I'm not good at math, but I think I can do five divided by six, and I think that's eighty three percent. So if you're giving me those odds, I'm going to take them. Sure, I'm going to wait a little bit for Eric Gilbert to get to the NFL, um, but man, is he going to accrue value along the way, though? Gentlemen, it is an honor and a privilege to talk to you. You both came in wonderful t-shirts. Shane is rocking the Scott Fishbowl, and I see Shane creeping in with the Rocco's Modern Life that just takes me back to the 90s, and that is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, Let's get out of here. Um, You guys have been kick-ass. You guys are always kick-ass. If you don't go to the Debbie Marketplace, shame on you. Because you are, out of all of the names, I have three and a half pages of names, guys that I have written down who they are so I can go back and I can look because I am a student forever at this game. And you guys are wonderful teachers, borderline professors. Um, Go to the Debbie Marketplace. And if you want to know how these guys, you know, scout. They literally came out with episodes. If you go to the August 19th episode, they talk about how they scout quarterbacks, how they scout running backs. If you go to the September 2nd episode, how they scout wide receivers and how they scout tight ends. Now, they also had a a bit on their worst phrases. I can only hope that Go Blue was one of them. No. But if we want to talk about worst phrases, because I can... Randy, already, hang up. I'm him. already fired up. Before he even finishes, whatever the hell he's going to say. No, you see, I, I told Shane this and we had this this whole thing that my least favorite phrase is, it'll be in the last place you look, right? If you're looking for something. <laughs> oh, it'll be you're in the last place you look. No yeah. shit. I'm not going to look again. Like, I, I have no incentive to keep looking for something I've found. <laughs> like, who does that? Like, it's so Jim stupid. Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh loses the remote. And then he finds it and then keeps looking for it. Oh, he well, also reuses Q-tips. <laughs> but, all right, gentlemen. Shane, tell them where they can find you. Tell them anything you got going on. Whatever whatever you want to get off your chest, man. Absolutely, yeah. So follow me on Twitter, at Shane P. Hallam. If you check my pinned tweet, you can find that uh, 2021 seven-round mock on draft site. I'm working in the next two weeks. I should have a seven-round 2022 mock draft as well so if you want to look at the future um and kind of see that of uh all underclassmen in that class i'll have in seven rounds um uh, and then yeah that, that's it uh definitely subscribe to debbie marketplace anywhere you listen to your podcasts you can find it and if you want the inside scoop you can go over to uh, patreon.com slash the debbie marketplace um that's where you get you know early episodes that that look directly at you know, the 2021 rookie drafts. We did an entire two-round rookie mock draft that's going to tell you basically those top players, barring some crazy, stupid draft price of, of some of these people, right? Um, that's who's going to be there. So come check us out. Uh, we'll give you access to the chat, and you get to ask any questions about any deep prospect that you have, and Shane will probably have some info on him, like, his eye color, uh, his astrological sign, shoe size, all of that. Um, and so he'll have, he has just has all that information. So come check it out. Um, you'll just constantly be able to learn and you'll just be ahead on all the freshmen. Um, and you know, that's where you get, you're going to get a ton of information that, that other people aren't going to give you. Gentlemen, I really hope that Shane actually does know their eye color, but let us get out of here on behalf of Shane Kane, the homie Josh who couldn't be here, the man, the myth, the legend that really is the backbone of the entire Warzone Factory Network, Randy behind the glass. I am Jerry Sinclair, and here at the Debbie Warzone, we are just trying to make fantasy football a better place. I messed that up. Randy, why did I mess that? Randy, close it out. Close it out like a man, Randy. And on behalf of Shane, Kane, Jerry, the absent Josh, and myself, here at the Devi War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here in the month of October. Take care, guys. Hey, fellow War Zone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. 
the member you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show you also get access to memphis and jerry for one-on-one advice personal dynasty dilemmas they'll tackle them for you help you out with it you just don't get that anywhere else but i'd say my favorite part about the depth of patreon is the uh the group chat tell you what these guys are some excellent minds tons of fun the fire in there is amazing great platform to post trade questions debate rookie values share insight interact with some cool people from across the globe you know shout out to those guys in australia they're blowing my phone up all the time you know the best part is there's no twitter trolls or facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about so uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more win those championships pause the podcast right now sign up and you can thank me later in the group chat